And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is Play by Play coming to you live here on KLEB. Casey Jiskler here with Coach Brian Colley in studio. We've got a fun 90 minutes coming your way. Um, in the next segment of the show, we're going to go to Kathy Luke of Homa Christian School. We have got her Christian Warriors will be taking on South Lafouche. Uh, a little later this week on Thursday, a game you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB. So I figured we would go out and talk to Coach Luke and get her thoughts about the way her team is playing. We've got a kind of mixed match a Monday show with a Tuesday show here. So it is Tuesday. We'll have Stan Gravelot 12-15 for his Terrebonne General Tuesday interview. Uh, but at noon, we're going to also talk about the NFL and the Saints. And then after Stan, we'll give our weekend W's and L's and do all the Monday stuff on the Tuesday show. So we've got a fun show planned. We've got a lot of things to talk about. And we've got um, really uh, just a ver wide variety from the NFL playoffs to the bowl season. But we'll start local. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we'll start by talking about uh, the E.D. White tournament. Well, I say the E.D. White tournament. They fuss me every time I say that. It's the core holiday invitational, which will take place at E.D. White and Central Catholic over the next couple of days. Tomorrow, the festivities begin. If you're a fan of basketball over at uh, E.D. White, you'll have Terrebonne and South Lafouche at 430. H.L. Bourgeois and Vanderbilt at 6, and then you have Lutcher and E.D. White at 7.30. Boy, that would be good. Uh, Saint, over at Central Catholic, if you're more towards the Morgan City area, at 4.30 you'll have Assumption versus Homa Christian. At 6, you'll have Berwick versus Morgan City. At 7.30 you'll have Brule taking on Central Catholic. Thursday's games are as follows. Over at E.D. White at 4.30, Assumption and H.L. Bourgeois. At 6 o'clock, South Lafouche and Brule. At 7.30, Morgan City will be taking on E.D. White. Then over at Central Catholic, you got at 4.30 Vanderbilt and Berwick, 6 o'clock Homer Christian and Lutcher, 7.30 Terrebonne and Central Catholic. Then the finale will be on Friday when you have at 4.30 over at E.D. White, Assumption will be taking on Terrebonne, 6 o'clock Lutcher and H.L. Bourgeois, 7.30 Homer Christian will be taking on E.D. White. And then over at Central Catholic, it's a little bit of an earlier start. At 3 o'clock, you have Berwick and South Lafouche. 4.30, Bruley and Vanderbilt. And then at 7.30 in the nightcap, you've got Morgan City and Central Catholic. So there will be 6, 12, 18 games played over the next three days at the Core Holiday Invitational. That was a tournament that you had been part of in years past coaching in. Coach Keefe and his crew and you know Coach Case and that crew, they put on one heck of an event. I know this. There will be good basketball. Selfishly, as a media member, I know there will also be really good food. Um so it's going to be a wonderful three-day event. That's the core holiday invitation on E.D. White and Central Catholic. Yeah, uh, a great tournament put on by Coach Keefe and uh, uh, Coach Case over there at Central Catholic. And uh, they decided, uh, you know, a while back that uh, not a bracket play. Uh, you know, I spoke with Coach Keefe uh, a while back about this. It's uh, at this time of, of the year, uh, a lot of teams, it's probably their last tune-up before they start district. Uh, some smaller districts, if you play one round and you have a couple more weeks to go. But uh, it's more important to get games in and, and not worry about, you know, a tournament championship. And uh, you want to get three quality games in. So uh, they put on a, a, a great tournament uh, for many years. And uh, it's a waiting list to get in those tournaments because yeah. uh, of the job they do. So just kind of looking at um, kind of a, a rundown of where some local teams sit right now. 
It's go time for a lot of local teams. Division one non-select Hanville's currently number eight. This is boys basketball we're talking about. They're currently number eight with a ten and seven record. Terrebonne's number fifteen. They're sitting in a pretty good spot at ten and three. Everybody else had better start playing some good basketball. South Lafouche is sitting at twenty-five. My computer just froze up, but um, yeah, there we go. Finally came back. Sitting at number twenty-five, you got East Saint John thirty-two, Central Lafouche thirty-four, Destrehan thirty-five, Bourgeois thirty-eight, Thibodeau thirty-nine, South Terrebonne forty-one. So in Division One non-select, boy, these local teams had better start playing well. And you know, a lot of these teams, South Lafouche. Uh, HL Bourgeois, like they'll all be at the event this week. It'd be a good opportunity to make some hay and, and kind of make up some ground. Yeah, and, and keep an eye on Destrehan. Uh, they got their football guys obviously late, and they 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 down, and they starting to creep up just a little bit. And I think when they get in the district, they're gonna win a few ball games, and uh, I expect them to start. Uh, creeping up in those power rankings. Division two non-select boys basketball. Ellender's currently number nineteen with a five and six record. Assumptions number twenty-four with a five and eight record. Lutcher's number thirty-four with a three and six record. So that's where our local teams sit there. Then we go all the way to select side. Division two select Vanderbilt Catholic, one of the top teams in the state with an eight and one record. Coach Veal and his team are playing some good basketball, and they're being rewarded for it with a number five positioning currently in a bracket that's loaded. This is a Division II bracket that has Madison Prep and Lake Charles Prep and Shaw and De La Salle, Peabody. Like, this is a loaded, loaded bracket. E.D. White is currently sitting at number 21 in Division II select. Um, Division Three select, that's where Richard Jones and Homer Christian School play, and they are currently sitting at number 30 with a 5-4 and four mark. And then we go to Division Four Select, and that's where CCA plays, and they're currently sitting at number 29 with a 3-4 and four mark. So on the boys' basketball side, with the exception of Vanderbilt locally, there's not a lot of teams that are holding a really strong seed right now. It's It's been kind of a rough start to the year. Yeah, and look, I'm, I believe that it's 28 teams. It, it, it gets in uh, other you know, out, out there you hear different people talking. They said it's still 32, but I think it's 28. The fact that we don't know and, is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, look. <laughs> uh, I, I like baseball. I think they're cutting it down to 24. Yeah. Is it? So uh, we had Coach Gitros on last week, and he mentioned I believe it was 24. So I, I, I really think it's 28 that, that get in. So those teams that are sitting like at, you know, 30, 32, oh, we're going to end. It may not be the case this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Division one non-select for girls basketball. Thibodeau is playing well. They're 10-3. and three. They're the number seven team in the state currently. They've got a big matchup tonight, a chance to improve their positioning. They're taking on number 17, Hanville. Um, that'll be a home game, a district game, an opportunity for Coach Ashley Adams and her team to get a big win against a very physical Hanville team. Destrehan's currently number 19 at 10-4. and four. East St. John, number 22 at 7-7. Seven and seven. And then you got um, kind of the rest on. A lot of the teams locally that are just fighting to get in. Central's number 28 with an 11-5 and five record. Listen to this. This, is, this goes to show that scheduling matters. Central is 28-11-5. One spot below them and right on their heels is South Lafouche, who's 5-13. They're 29th. Like, they're right there, right next to them. Then at the bottom, you got Terrebonne 38th, Bourgeois 39th, South Terrebonne 42nd. But it's just crazy to think, like, Central Lafouche has blasted South Lafouche twice. But because of how difficult the Lady Tarpons have scheduled, 
they're right up against the skirt of the Lady Trojans on the uh, power rating side. Yeah, you know, and the scheduling is crazy because, you know, like when I was there at Southwood, I would schedule, compare, I'd go off, okay, look, this team this past year had a great season. Uh, They're getting some kids back, so we expect them to have a decent season and and win 12 to 15 games. So let's schedule them, and uh, that's the way we attacked it. And we last year we ended up regular season 20 yeah. and four, barely hosting a game, and in 16th seed. So it, it's because uh, those teams that we projected, we thought would have good seasons, really uh, they didn't. And it's important to win games. You have to win games, but it's uh, it's crazy how the, the power rankings work on uh, who you play, who you win. Uh, you know who you beat and who you lose to. It's uh, it matters. Division two non-select assumptions number thirteen with an eight and six record. Assumptions playing some good ball. Ellen, there's number fourteen with an eight and eleven record. Ellen, there was five and eleven, so they have won three in a row, getting hot at the right time. Uh, Morgan City is thirty second with a one and zero mark on the season. That's <laughs> insane. Lutcher is number thirty eight with a one and twelve record. Lutcher girls basketball is not very good historically. Division two select Vanderbilt is twelve and two on the year. They're the number two seed currently in Division two select. Coach Jawaski Coleman and his crew are trying to win it all. Though there's no if ands or buts about it. Their goal is to win the state championship, and they're currently second. Coach Nick Snack and the E.D. White Lady Cardinals are 18th with a 5-7 and, sec- uh, and record. Rather, uh, E.D. White is playing some good basketball as of late, and they're currently holding the number 18 position. Division three select. The coach we're going to have on the line in the next segment, Kathy Luke and the Homa Christian Warriors are number four with a 9-0 and mark to the year. Homa Christian's playing some really good basketball. Defensively, they're excellent, man. They just don't allow any points. Then we go to Division four. Select, and we tell you that Covenant Christian Academy is currently sitting. At, well, actually, first we can tell you Central Catholic's number three with an eleven and two record. So Central Catholic off their strong start to the year, and then CCA is number sixteen with an eight and two mark on the year. They're currently holding the number sixteen position. Is CCA? It's about that time, though, man. When you flip that calendar over to the next year, it's time to start winning some games. It's time to start paying attention to your numbers and and look. Month and a half. Of left of the season like it's really time to start focusing in on where you are and where you got to go to try to get to where you're trying to get in the postseason yeah when you get back to school it's like six weeks uh left left to go in the regular season and you're right it's uh it's going to come down to uh the end for some of these teams and you you better uh start playing well in january to, uh, to try and make a run at things. It's a light schedule locally today. We do have Hanville and Thibodeau going at one another in the girls' basketball side. Boys' basketball in the next couple of days, you'll be paying attention to the Sunkiss tournament, which Ellender will be part of. You'll be paying attention to the E.D. White tournament, which a lot of local teams will be part of. Um, but it's kind of a light week. There's not a tremendous amount of games outside of those tournaments, but we'll see how it all shakes out, and we'll keep you updated and abreast when everything happens. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Homa Christian School and Coach Kathy Luke. The Lady Tarpons will be tangling with the Lady Warriors on Thursday, and we'll ask Coach Luke about the way her team is playing in advance of that matchup. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Do you want a free EasyGo golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle and get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy's find new roads. 
Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had a 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated, locations in Homa, LaRoe, and there are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 Dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Fence RV to experience a Top 50 Dealer or visit us at FenceRV.com. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, Guaranteed. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Gisclair and Coach Brian Colley hanging out, enjoying our post Christmas time. And we go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have home of Christian School girls basketball coach, Coach Kathy Luke, on the line. Her Christian Warriors will be on KLEB on Thursday when they're taking on South Lafouche. Coach Luke, good morning. How are you, friend? Good morning. How are you, Casey? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're doing just fine. It's been a good start to the season for your team. And, Coach, we were just talking in the first segment of the show how prolific you guys are defensively, just not allowing any points, keeping opponents out of rhythm and off balance. I know you got to be awfully proud of the way your team has started the year. We are, Casey. Um, you know, as we've talked about, we're young, but, you know, uh, defensively, um, you don't have to be super talented or skilled to be a great defensive team. You've got to just play with a lot of heart, a lot of uh, determination, competitiveness, and understand, uh, you know, have, have knowledge of the rules that we implement, and, um, and our girls are, are doing that on the defensive end. So, yeah, we are, we are pretty proud of that right now. Coach, you told me over at preseason media day, you said, hey, if I get these kids to, to buy in and do the things that we want them to do, we think we're going to be really successful. Well, you're 9-0, and so something's got to be going right. Talk about that process from, you know, 
or even over the summer to now, how the, how the girls have transitioned to what you're trying to get them to do? Well, it's been a process, and, you know, it always is, Casey. Um, we, uh, we take it step by step. Uh, the first thing that we definitely want to be is fundamentally sound in all aspects of the game, and that that's tough to do. You know, um, a lot of, uh, you know girls just don't pick up the basketball after practice and and um, and practice a lot. So um, fundamentally, uh, I would say that three quarters of our practice are, are, are we drilling on on fundamentals, and and the rest is uh, trying to teach concepts of what we're trying to do and make them understand. Uh, uh, their role on the team and that it is a team and that we have no stars and and this is this is what we do and this is how we want to do it and um and so far it's been really good you know they have bought in but there, there's a learning curve there because you know as you and I've talked about you know we start several eighth graders and um and um you know a couple of freshmen so so we're learning as we go but this was never the year that I anticipated us um, you know, making a run for for a state championship or anything like that. But right now, you know, there's a pretty good chance the way that that is coming together that you know we we might make a little run at something. Yeah. So tell me about that. I mean, we we just rattled off the numbers and we were talking, and you know, you guys are currently sitting at number four with a nine and zero record. Do you pay much attention to that? And I guess the next question that I would actually bounce off of that is how do you get the girls to not pay attention to that? Because the kids have so much access to the information. How do you get them to not read too much into that and keep focused? Yeah, um, well, we try to always take that next game mentality, next play mentality. And, um, you know, uh, I I don't really put much into records. Because, listen, let me say this, you know, We've got a really tough game coming up Thursday night against a team that only has five wins. But, you know, if you look at their losses, they had a monstrous schedule. Salt Lafouche has played a monstrous schedule. I mean, they've played teams like Amit, who's ranked number two in Division Three, And they've played uh, Hanville and Dutchtown and Thibodeau and, and, and John Curtis. I mean, you know, they have really played a, a unbelievable schedule. We haven't done that. I, you know, um, our schedule is is not as tough as their schedule and and that was by design because i didn't want to take a bunch of young kids into playing teams like a john curtis and us lose our confidence so so we're trying to build on each game and each game gets a little bit tougher and and even though salt lafouche only has five wins that's going to be a very difficult game for us it's a tough match you know uh the matchups are tough um and so uh you know salt lafouche does a lot of good things um you know their record's not indicative in my opinion, of, of, of just how good they, they can be and are at times. They do have a very, very talented player in Ellie Lorraine who's going to be a handful for you all to try to slow down without giving us any you know insight into your game plan. What are some things you all have to do to try to slow her down and make her uncomfortable? Yeah, that you know, listen, um, I, I love Ellie. I've watched Ellie since she's a little girl, um, uh, and, and, and she is a tough match for us. Um, because she's got a little size, she's got a little length, and um, and and we don't we don't really have the you know uh, a kid like her at the guard spot who has length like that. Um, so uh, it is going to be difficult, um, you know. In Salt Lafouche, uh, you know, I've watched them several times. I've driven out. Um, I've personally seen them twice, and then you know, of course, every coach has film. Um, and and I think the thing that scares me the most is that. On any given night, one of those little guards can really get hot from the three-point line. So if you take away the paint 
if you, if you don't allow them to drive, then they start bombing threes on you. And if you take away the three ball, then, you know, they want to face cut you and get to the rim. So, um, yeah, it, it's, a, uh, it's a difficult matchup for us. But, um, like I say, we've been uh, defensively, uh, you know, we're here this morning working on, you know, and, and, and we're just going to, you know, do what we do. And, and uh, you know, we've got to cause them some problems, too, uh, I feel, um, with them trying to match up with us you know, in the paint and stuff like that. So, so it should be a great ball game, a great competitive game, and, um, you know, I'm really excited about it. Coach, I'm looking at your schedule, and I see you all are in uh, District 9-2A. I don't see any other District 9-2A games on your schedule. Like, does your district just not play district? Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah, so, um, so I got the coaches together. We have three teams in our district, Casey. Uh, we have um, South Plaquemine, and we have Fisher. So um, I kind of got with the coaches, and I said, look, instead of us having to drive all the way to South Plaquemine, and South Plaquemine drive all the way down here, you know, drive to Fisher, which, you know, listen, it's not the best of areas to go into. Why don't we just play a, a tournament? And so what we're going to do is on the 4th of uh, February, uh, we're going to play a tournament um, at, the, at the school that is the higher seed in the state with the high, highest power ranking. So if that's South Plaquemine, then we'll drive up to South Plaquemine and and if they're the higher seed um, at the time, then Fisher, Fisher and us will play, and the winner will play South Plaquemine for the district championship. So that's how we decided to do it. Okay, I got you, Coach. Um, looking at your schedule, you touched on this a minute ago. Uh, it is not the strongest schedule, but it does look like you built it to get stronger and stronger as the year goes on. You guys got matchups with Terrebonne and Bourgeois and Assumption, Country Day, E.D. White. Like You got some tougher games coming up. Did you kind of build it like that, where you're kind of climbing up that ladder more and more as the season goes on that's exactly right that's exactly what we did you know um you know it's just it's always a little it's always a little scary uh you, you know at practice i tell these kids you know i don't care how old you are i don't care if you're in the eighth grade i don't care if you're in the seventh grade but you know i do <laughs> you know it, it, it makes me it makes me a little nervous you know um uh and we talked about this you know young kids have have a lack of focus a lot of times they think about everything but basketball but um so yeah so we're trying to to, to make that climb a little bit slower than we would if we had, you know, uh, a seasoned ball club. And it seems to be working out. You know, we feel good about ourselves. And um, like I say, uh, Thursday night's going to be a big challenge for us. It's a game that I've been looking forward to. It's a game that we, we are preparing for. And, um, and um, I think it's a game that's going to be uh, it's going to be close. I don't, I don't think it's going to be uh, a game where either team runs away with anything. Very good. Well, look, Coach, thanks so much for the time. Merry late Christmas. Happy early New Year. We'll see you on Thursday. Yeah, thank you all. appreciate it. And, and Merry Christmas to Brian also. And, Casey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. That is Coach Kathy Luke with Homer Christian doing an excellent job. Look, man, no matter how you slice the apples, tough schedule, not a tough schedule, whatever, they're 9-0. They're playing ex- exceptionally well. They're going to present a big challenge for South Lafouche. Coach Luke is doing a wonderful job with that team, man. It's not easy to have – virtually a, a, an experienced middle school roster and go take that into a high school varsity schedule and win games. That's what they're doing right now, though. Yeah, when you're going to look at it, when it's all said and done, uh, seven, eight graders, like you just mentioned, and performing the way they're performing, that, uh, that says a lot. And she, uh, she does a great job year in and year out, and she has those girls ready to play. And, I, you know, of course, uh, you know, Coach Speak, as she's worried, you know, about the game and, you know, she needs to because, you know, like she said, South can get hot from the outside and make them three balls, and, uh, you know, they have a presence inside. But uh, I- I'm curious to see on Thursday if uh, Molinaire, I know she was out.
for a while if uh, if she's back because uh, they they're gonna need her presence on the inside. So that one will be on Thursday, and she said something there that caught my attention. Like they're just not playing district. They're just gonna they only got a three team district, and then they're gonna just have a one day tournament to decide the district champion. You and I have long been proponents of this. You and I have long talked about this, so I'll bring it up now. Does 9-2-A have it figured out? Like, they're just not doing it. Like, I feel like this is a very disposable thing, something that maybe doesn't need to be done around the state anymore. Uh, one district, at least around the state, is just kind of saying, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll just go play a day of district and get it, get it over with. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the LHSA, because they, they really don't care about district play. They're just worried about getting the top teams into the playoffs, uh, if it's 32, 28, 24, whatever it's going to be. And um, I, I can see it coming where, you know, districts won't, won't matter. And I get it where, uh, you know, if you still have districts, you're still giving kids a chance to win a district championship. You know, I, I get all that. But with the uh, – the amount that's put on the PowerPoints, uh, you need to go out there and uh, and schedule your, your own schedule and, and get as many you know PowerPoint games for your school as you can. And I also understand from their perspective of it's a three-team league and there's a lot of travel. Like, why go and make home and homes like when you could just do it all in a day? Hey, I, it makes sense. I, I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, and uh, Coach Derek just uh, just put a. Yeah, we tried to get this done a, a couple years back in our district where we were going to play one round and have uh, an end-of-the-season district tournament. That, that would have been tremendous. Uh, that would have been great where you played over maybe a three-day period and, and you have your, your district champ that way. But, uh, you know, at that time the coaches weren't in favor of it. But I can honestly see that where uh, more and more districts will take – will follow suit in what they're doing. So let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we'll talk some football. We had some NFL on Saturday and Sunday. I'll tell you about uh, my thoughts on the Saints. Why, yeah, it's awesome that they got a win, but uh, um, there are some things to be nervous about in New Orleans. This play-by-play on KLEB will be right back after this. Then after that segment, we'll go to Stan. After Stan, we've got our W's and L's here on play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. It's the Big Finish Sales event right now at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients, offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also holding tank rentals and portable hand washing stations. Call Joe Septic 
Olympic contractors 24-7 in cutoff. Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Visit Septic at viscom.net. you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. If you've never been to a Rouse's Market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. Well, it was pretty cool watching football throughout the weekend. I'm not going to lie. Like, I get it. Christmas is supposed to be about family and togetherness. And, yeah, but having football on TV helps, too. We were sitting around the television, and we were enjoying a lot of the games on both Saturday and Sunday over at the Gisclair house. And we had uh, some really good action and uh, a lot of things that kind of made you turn your head. We'll talk about some of that stuff in the W's and L's. Um but starting at home, the Saints got a 17-10 to win over the Cleveland Browns in a Frost Bowl. I mean, the game, the stadium was frozen, and I, it was like not really snow on the field, but it was more like ice, like the field was just frozen. Neither team could really throw the ball much. They both had some struggles. Neither team could move it a whole lot at all. The New Orleans Saints in the second half, after trailing 10-3, to uh, decided, you know what, we're going to just run Taysom Hill right at you, which probably should have been the plan from the beginning. But, you know, the Saints, they got to take the long way, the long road to get there. They ran power heavy, started to hit a few passes here and there, and they rallied back and get a 17-10 to win, a win which at the time kept their postseason hopes very much so alive. The next day... Boy, it looked like things were going really well for New Orleans because Tampa Bay's losing to Arizona, and then you're sitting here and you're saying, all right, it's going to be a three-way tie at 6-9, and nine, and like we're in this. We're very much so in this. Then Tom Brady decides in the fourth quarter, hey, I'm going to be Tom Brady, just like he did against the Rams, just like he did against the Saints, just like he did against the Cardinals, and Tampa comes all the way back and gets a 19-16 to 16 win, and now New Orleans 
Um, if we if you watch Texas Hold'em poker, like they're drawing dead now. Uh, they've got to win their last two games. They've got to have Tampa lose their last two games. They've got to have Carolina lose a like this come like they they need a million and five different things to happen to get in, and not a whole lot of it is likely because Tampa's playing Carolina and Atlanta. You would think they would win at least one of those games. Atlanta's not even trying to win anymore. You would think Tampa would win at least one of those. You would think with Jalen Hurts back in the lineup that the Saints probably wouldn't beat the Eagles on Sunday. And if they did, Carolina's playing really well. You got them the last week of the season. You might not beat them. I guess what I'm getting at is this is a 99.9999% shot. I guess the Saints can maybe win the lottery and somehow get in. But boy, it's uh, it's looking awfully bleak for the guys in black right now. It's going to be very tough for them to make the playoffs. Well, honestly, we, we knew four or five weeks ago Saints weren't getting in the playoffs. And there was that little hope still. And uh, just get it over with now. And Saints fans, stop stop holding on to this 1% chance or whatever it is. I mean, yes, it could happen. And it, if it does, great. They don't deserve to get in. No, they don't. So uh, just let it, let it, let it go. It, it's over. They're not getting in this year. And uh, the Eagles, they're in a situation where they're going to have to win, at, what, at least one game of their two to get the number one seed? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they got the Saints at home. And they're pissed off as they lost Saturday. Yeah. Uh, their quarterback coming supposedly coming back. I don't think it matters, to be honest, uh, which I think Gardner Minshew would beat them all the same. But, yeah. So, uh, yes, it, it, it's – Ah, there's no hope. So let's talk about this now. Um, there are a lot of folks in New Orleans who are not Dennis Allen fans. I'm not a huge Dennis Allen fan, but I will say this. They are playing extremely hard for him coming home. It would have been very easy. You're in the snow. It's below zero. There's nobody even in the stands watching the game because it's so miserable out it would have been very easy to, when you fall behind 10 nothing, just say, all right, to hell with it, we're done. That's not what they did. So New Orleans is playing very hard for their coach, and I truly believe that now they're solidifying that there's going to be a second season for Dennis Allen in New Orleans. I hear you guys throwing tomatoes at your radio. I hear you guys are angry and you don't want that to happen, but I'm just telling you now, that's what's probably going to be the situation. And think about it like this. Last year, Sean Payton took this same group of misfits and went 9-8, and eight, and we all said, man, this is the greatest coaching job of Sean Payton's career. If Dennis Allen wins the last two games, he's going to go 8-9, and nine, which is just one game worse, and everybody wants to burn him at the stake and say this is pathetic and terrible. And If the Saints finish strong and, and win these last two games, boy, 8-9 and nine with Dent, like it really wouldn't be all that bad, I guess. But – what are your thoughts? Is I, I truly believe Allen has earned himself a second season in New Orleans. Yeah, boy, that's one uh, topic I've, I've changed so much on it. Get rid of him, keep him. Uh, I think he's back. Like you mentioned, they're playing hard for him at the end of the season. Um, and when it's all said and done, you can look back at the season, look at each game, and things could have gone, it, gone differently in the fourth quarter or overtime in some of these games. And – 
the Saints record could be at least, and you can sit on every game, you know, win or lose, you can go back and look. But uh, the, those games that they lost, there's about three of them. But they, they could have very easily won those games, and that could have turned uh, things around for them, at least this year in the, in, the, in the NFC South. Here's another thing that Saints fans are not going to be happy with me for saying. I think you guys have to warm up to the idea that Andy Dalton might be your quarterback again next year. Because here's what you don't want to do. Looking around the NFL on Saturday and Sunday, I saw three, three types of teams. I saw teams who have their guy. I saw teams who thought they had a guy but really made a big mistake. And I saw teams that are waiting to have their guy. I think New Orleans is waiting to have their guy. What you don't want to do you don't want to pay a zillion dollars to Derek Carr or something like that, somebody who doesn't fix it, and but then who hamstrings you with the salary cap. You don't want to be Denver, who gave Russell Wilson a zillion-dollar contract, and he's terrible. You don't want to be uh, Cleveland, who paid Deshaun Watson all this money, the richest contract in the NFL. You don't know if he's going to be in prison from one week to the next. You don't know if he's going to perform from one week to the next. You don't want to make that mistake. So if the right opportunity doesn't come in the offseason to get somebody that you know is going to for sure be an upgrade, got to be comfortable with maybe bringing Andy Dalton back. And I know that's going to piss people off. I know that's going to make people angry. Oh, man, he's terrible. He's old, blah, blah, blah. But it's better to have a C that you could easily get rid of than a C-plus that you're hamstrung with that you're going to be tied down to for seven years and $200 million. Yeah, Andy Dalton's not going anywhere. Now, will he be the starter next year? That remains to be seen if someone can come and beat him out uh, if they get a quarterback through the draft. or Yeah, but you're right. Don't panic and just go and get someone out there that's not going to be your guy in you know two, three, four years from now. And I would hate to see go through another season with Andy Dalton, but uh, that may be the option. Which, but I don't think I think he'll be the backup, and they'll get someone in to come uh, and start at the right price. And they're gonna have to to deal some 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 guys away that uh, that are Saints yep. today that uh, over the summertime will uh, will be dealt away. So it'll be interesting to see how this roster takes shape. This coming weekend, you're taking on the Eagles. That's a must-win game for New Orleans. Um, for the Eagles, it's not all that much of a must-win, but boy, put some pressure on them if they lose again, as then Week 18 would be a must-win game. The Eagles, <clears throat> their backup quarterback, Garner Minshew, I thought played pretty well against Dallas with a couple of mistakes that he made. And that was my takeaway as I was watching the game on Saturday was that whether Hurts plays or not, like I just don't think the Saints will be able to run with those Philly receivers. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Goddard at the tight end spot. They just got so many weapons. I just don't see New Orleans being able to run with those guys down the field because that's the thing. New Orleans has played a little bit better coming home here. They have played a little bit better down the stretch run of the season but they haven't faced some of the best offenses in the world lately, right? You face Tampa, eh, Atlanta, the Browns, like the Rams, the Steelers. Those are all some offenses that are pretty limited. I just don't know that they'll be able to run with the Eagles no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, and if um they, they can't they can't out score they can't score with with the Eagles. 
They might not be able to score on the Eagles. And and the Saints defense has been playing well, but like you just mentioned, uh, not any teams anywhere as near the caliber with the uh, the Eagles. So, uh, I mean, if Eagles score 24, 30 points, I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit too much for the, the Saints to compete with. So the Saints are a seven-point underdog in that matchup. Then you look around, you say, okay, well, you've got to win. We just told you a seven-point underdog, which in the NFL is a lot. You need Tampa to lose. Tampa is playing Carolina on Sunday. Tampa Bay is, uh, to tell you the line on their game, they're like a six-point favorite in their game. Uh, no, a four-point favorite in their game. So you're looking at two things that are not likely right out of the gate. And then that's just to survive one week. The next week, you would then have to beat Carolina. You would need Tampa to lose to Atlanta, which Atlanta is full-on tank mode. They're not even attempting to win anymore. Um, Not a good situation to be in. But as you said a month ago, this is the situation that you and I both knew they would be in, uh, just kind of running out of weeks and running out of uh, opportunities to say what if, because they've had too many opportunities this year. They could have won some games that they just didn't. Yeah, and it's – Going to be a very uh, interesting offseason for the Saints and see which direction they're going to go with, uh, with with Sean Payton, if they're going to get some value from him or if they're going to be asking for too much and just – talk about that. I don't know that there's a whole lot of spots. Like, there's going to be some openings, but does he want to go to Denver? I, I wouldn't. Does he want to go to Carolina? I wouldn't. The Chargers are likely keeping their guy. They're getting hot. Dallas maybe. I just don't know if there's any spots for him right now. Yeah. I, again, there's the, the, the yearly talk with uh, the last couple of years now with uh, the Cowboys. If they don't make, you know, if they lose first round, he's Oh, gone. if they lose to yeah. Tampa. Yeah, I think I do think that, that a move would be made. But that feels like the only spot right now. Um, but does he really want to go there? <laughs> and then it becomes a situation of if there's only one suitor, Dallas kind of controls the negotiations, right? I mean, we're not giving you five first-round picks if we're bidding against ourselves. You know, you get one maybe at the moat. Like, I don't know. It'll be very interesting well, to see. Saints got to stick. They got to get at least two. Yeah. Two number ones. Yeah. Then I think that what would happen is, all right, McCarthy, one more year. Well, then they'll fire him in the middle of next year, and Peyton's a free agent. Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About right for the Saints. So we'll see. Keep an eye on that and see how that shakes out. Let's catch a break. It's Tuesday. It's our Terrible and General Tuesday. We go to Mr. Stan Grava on the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM. The French Connection, the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM. Do you want a free Easy Go golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle and get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads. 
Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. If you've never been to a Rouse's Market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings. Your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties. Your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's. Terrebonne General Health System, where medical science meets the art of caring, is committed to providing the latest advances in medical technology with a gentle caring touch. This is evident in our high-tech, high-touch approach to healthcare. As a trusted healthcare resource, we deliver both life-saving, compassionate inpatient services and life-changing preventive care, while also providing wellness needs and outreach throughout the Bayou region. To learn about how Terrebonne General is providing innovative healthcare solutions, visit tghealthsystem.com. And welcome back to Play by Play. We told you guys at the top of the show we would have to mesh a Monday show with a uh, Tuesday show. Today's Tuesday, so it's our terrible and general Tuesday interview with Mr. Stan Grava, who's on the line now. Stan, Merry Late Christmas to you, buddy. How you doing, man? I am doing well. I am, uh, as you kind of knew, kind of stuffy uh, with a cold for Christmas, but uh, just that normal kind of cold, and now I'm popping cough drops. Yeah, I got you, man. It, look, it's the same here. I got a scratchy throat. I've been hitting cough drops and everything all the same. Um, we were talking earlier in the show about high school basketball. And look, man, I got to tell you, um, Brian and I both made the comments. Is it's go time for a lot of teams. There are a lot of teams that are digging themselves into some holes that they're not going to be able to dig themselves out of if they don't start playing well out of the holiday break. Right now we've got Vanderbilt boys who are sitting in a pretty good spot, Terrebonne boys in a pretty good spot. Vanderbilt girls in a good spot. Homa Christian girls in a good spot. Thibodeau girls also added to that as well. Other than that, uh, it's a bunch of teams that are either clinging to try to get in or a bunch of teams who are trying to dig themselves out of a hole to just try to make the playoffs at all. Yeah, we spend the entire month of December kind of talking about who is who and what's going to be what. And I, I don't know that we found out a whole lot except that 
Hobble point rankings are something now, man. And if you get behind the eight ball early on, it's going to carry on. And it seems like that's what's happening for some of these teams where they're going to have trouble. Even a Terrebonne in 5A who's doing well, and then they defeat an Ellender. But in past years, you would have been getting all of these power points from Ellender some kind of way, and you sort of not getting that. So it's real fragile right now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens probably in this next three weeks. And even in some of these tournaments, these holiday tournaments that are starting up today and yesterday, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I think by the second week of January, which is right around the corner, we're going to probably know who's in the playoffs and who's not already. That's a great segue into our our talk of the NFL because right now we've got a great idea of who's in the playoffs and who's not. A lot of the, the seeds have already been locked up and one of those seats unfortunately likely will not belong to the New Orleans Saints as they did get a win against Cleveland but with Tampa Bay getting a win over in Arizona it really all but knocked out New Orleans they now need to win their last two they need Tampa to lose their last two and the propositions of that happening just are not likely given the opponents and everything of the sort but Brian and I were talking about this uh New Orleans is playing harder for Dennis Allen coming home they are starting to play a little bit better I know it's not you know, satisfying to fans to be sitting on the outside looking in, but I think Allen's going to get a second year based on the way New Orleans is playing right now. Yeah, and listen, probably this weekend against Philadelphia, even in a loss, if you went out and you played really tough in that one, I would have never thought they would have gone out in that kind of weather and played the way they did in that game. I didn't think that that would happen. And obviously it does show that they wanted to perform. And you can tell at the very end of the game when things started going New Orleans' way, a lot of those players went to Dennis Allen and gave him a hug and things like that. So I guess we don't always know what's going on in the locker room. And I, like you, would imagine that there is another year coming for him. It, it, you know, in the middle of next season, are we still saying these same things, though? You know, is it just like, okay, so we could just get ready for another year being like this? Because the fact is, is you're not going to go out and get a franchise quarterback in this next year. I don't see that happening. Uh, there's just too many pieces that are not together. As a matter of fact, there's a good chance that you lose some of the key players on this team that you have already for next year. So I think if you're a Saints fan, uh, maybe not necessarily the bag on the head days, but I think we're, we're getting ready to just be a very average Joe who is going to win some games, lose some games, but never flirt above the 500 level too, too much. You know, one of the crazy things, and look, we all agree that Andy Dalton's not the guy for the future. Any Saints fan, any person who's just looking at it objectively, we all agree Andy Dalton's not the guy for the future. But I brought up in the last segment of the show that New Orleans needs to start getting comfortable with the idea that he might be the guy next year. Because as I'm watching games on Christmas weekend, I'm seeing Russell Wilson. That was a $200 million mistake. I'm seeing Deshaun Watson... Uh, the early returns there are not promising as well. So what I, I guess my message is, and I, I laid it out like this: there are three teams in the NFL, or three types of teams in the NFL: the teams that got their guy, the teams who think they have their guy but actually who made a mistake, and the types of teams that are waiting to get their guy. New Orleans is currently waiting to get their guy. I'd rather be waiting than make a big mistake. Depending on how the market shakes out, I would be. More okay with another year of Dalton than I would be making a huge Russell Wilson size mistake on somebody that doesn't fit. Listen, I agree with you. Not only from the perspective of Dalton hasn't been playing that bad, I like the way 
they're sort of using Taysom Hill with him now. So if you kind of mix that in for another year, I was going to say R2, but maybe two is too much to wait for. <laughs> maybe maybe you do get that young guy, uh, you know, in a draft. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, how do you do that? I realize it's going to be tough. Listen, the deal with Sean Payton is going to weigh big. What, what, what Do you possibly get something for Sean Payton? And then you can maybe make something happen. So I think we sort of have to take a wait and see, look at things. But it's like every sport out there, right? Because baseball, it happens. Maybe basketball, not as much, but but on the professional level, sometimes you just got to wipe the slate clean and start over, and it takes you another, like, four or five years to get back. Maybe that's what the Saints are in right now. You know, I don't know. It was sort of enlightening to see the way they played this past weekend. And I got to tell you, I mean, you know, between you, myself, Brian, we sitting here going, this this team doesn't need to go to the playoffs. Yeah. Probably not going to go to the playoffs. But Saints fans are, well, all NFL fans. But in general, you're a fanatic. So as long as there's that little glimmer of hope, I got some friends out there that, look, you you just don't start this conversation about the Saints not deserving to be in the playoffs because they'll go off on you, right? So as long as there's that little bit of glimmer of hope, then they're going to keep on keeping on and maybe not look at the future the way they should be looking at the future. I have a feeling, though, this weekend – uh, the future is going to come to a screaming halt as far as the playoffs go. <laughs> Look, man, I remember in like July we had you on and you and I were talking about it was that run where Brian Kelly and the LSU staff were getting like commitments every day. They were getting, you know, a four-star commitment from this guy, a three-star commitment from that guy. And we were both excited, but you offered the caveat of these are just commitments with NIL and, and you know, Portal and the way the sport is changing. I want to make sure that they actually get signed. Signing day was last Wednesday, partner, and boy, there wasn't a whole lot of drama. LSU did lose a guy or two, but they quickly replaced that player with another player of similar or maybe even added value. LSU kept their class together, and I I brought this up last week, is that in a time where the name of the game in college football is drama, to have a signing day without any drama is a testament to Coach Kelly and his staff. That was wonderful to see out in Baton Rouge last week. I think there's going to be the way of doing it like, you know, Nick Saban and Brian Kelly do it, and then there's going to be the way of doing it like, you know, a Deion Sanders does it, right? I, I, I think it's going to be pomp and circumstances and flash and, you know, star power and in and out with some of these, and they may be very successful. And then you're going to have the guys like, you know, Saban and Kelly who are going to try as much as they possibly can to keep the infrastructure together, to build it through those high school athletes, but yet just replace strategically when you need that person, not just everybody every year. And how you do that, I'm not quite sure. I'm sure those guys have that plan or they're at least working on that plan. One thing I did think, I did think because of NIL dealings and, you know, getting that money, I thought when a person committed to a school – we might just see them stay, right? We might see from the beginning when they say, hey, I'm going to LSU or I'm going to Alabama or I'm going to, you know, USC or whatever the case may be, they would stay because there was like a signing involved before the signing, if that makes any sense whatsoever. But, boy, I'm finding out that's not necessarily the case because even on that day there were some guys who sort of did a 360 
So I, I don't know what the magic elixir is. And then to look at Nichols and see, you know, some of the schools around here, you know, that play in the Southland and what they did, it certainly is going to be a new day with college football the way you sign because of those guys are going to have to all wait till February for their classes. <clears throat> the Deion Sanders thing is fascinating to me. And we hear every little ripple, we hear every little comment, and we hear every little commitment that they get. Truth be told, they had the 43rd class in the country, which, look, that's better than what they were a couple weeks ago. Certainly, they have made improvements. But I think that the headlines would make you believe that they had a top-10 class, and they did not. Dion was right. playing in the SWAC where he was a two-touchdown favorite every time he took the field. In the Pac-12, it won't be the same. This is going to be one of the most fascinating case studies in the history of the sport to see what he could do at Colorado, a program that has not had success for the last couple of decades. That's going to be a fun first year out there in Boulder to see how he is able to turn that program around, if at all. Well, you know, a lot of people probably wouldn't want to hear this, but as a person who's just sitting back looking at it, you kind of go, can talent overcome pure talent? Can pure talent overcome a terrific infrastructure and scheme that a school may have. The problem is he's going to find out that everybody can coach on this level, even though they may be able to coach over there in Colorado too, because I know he's getting some good guys in. But everybody can coach. And the second thing is, is you just hit it on the head. They're putting a microscope on everything Colorado's doing. But the fact is, is those guys are not the cream of the crop. They're not. Maybe in the Pac-12, I don't know. Maybe he was smart enough to go to the Pac-12 where it's not going to be that great. Maybe, especially when USC is going and UCLA is going, maybe it's like, okay, I can compete there. I was never going to go to Auburn or anything. I can't compete in the SEC. So maybe he has a little advantage there, but I don't see it. Now, he's basically bringing his whole Jackson State team with him, so if he does that, we're going to find out if the SWAC can play in the uh, Pac-12, but I don't think they can. I mean, I don't – listen, if Jackson State played Nichols this year, that would have been probably a toss-up game. So I'm not quite sure how – what the thinking is related to all of this. But, again, you know, it's funny because I know Brian's in there with you. We come from that school of thought where fundamentals, you know, technique, uh, give it your all, you know, this – and that's, that's not necessarily the way – I shouldn't even say that because I'm sure Deion Sanders is trying to get it to be that way. But I think just going out and finding these guys and walking into that place and on the first day saying, hey, a bunch of you guys in here, you ain't good enough to play here. Don't let the door hit you on the butt. That ain't quite the way to do things. Yeah, that's a little bit questionable, a little bit shaky, no doubt about that. Let's talk about LSU's bowl game matchup with Purdue. That's right around the corner. That's coming on Monday, uh, taking on a Purdue team that's going to be a little bit shorthanded. Boy, i got to tell you, LSU's become shorthanded in a hurry, too, now. Purdue loses the quarterback and the receiver, and anytime you're dealing with a quarterback or a receiver, it catches eyes. But LSU's lost a lot of their defensive line and a lot of their secondary. So I'm looking at a game where we may have a lot of points in this one scored. I think LSU's offense will be fine. Defensively, I don't know what they have to offer. Uh, if you're betting on this one, may want to take the over because I think both teams will be able to score on the other. Well, the defensive line of LSU is starting to worry me just a little bit. I mean, there's a bunch of guys who are going now where, you know, and that's where it all happens up front. So, that, yeah, it's a little bit of worry there. And who wants to be there more? And, I know they're going through a coaching change. I would still 
have to believe that LSU's got the advantage in this one, and I don't think it'll be, you know, within a one-score game. I think it'll be a couple of scores. But at one time, what I thought could be maybe a 21-point win has shrunk a little bit. Uh, but that all being said, these bowls, I don't know what to make of them. I watch all of them. If you would tell me that Baylor would go out and get just manhandled by Air Force, and I love the military academies, don't get me wrong, and I know Air Force is really good, but to think that you're trying to be this power you know, school in Baylor to just go out and get slapped around, it, I, I don't know what to think of bowl games. Anybody who's betting a lot of money on bowl games, boy, you're a lot braver than me because I don't know how you figure those things out, except for maybe those big bowl games that are mattering as far as your national champion goes. Well, let's go there. That's a great segue because those games will be played on Saturday. You got Georgia taking on Ohio State. You got TCU taking on Michigan. What's your picks, bro? I, I'm, I'm going Georgia. I'm going Michigan. I'm going Chalk Chalk. Do you think that there's a chance that we see some surprises on Saturday? Uh, there's always a chance, but I doubt it. The one thing I don't like about college football is that you take, you know, almost a whole season off to go back to play, you know, for the championship. So these teams haven't been playing in quite some time. <clears throat> think about it. <clears throat> Ohio State hadn't played in forever, you know. So that being said, maybe, and it's one game, so maybe. But, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think the two teams you just mentioned are going to win it. And the one thing about Michigan is they're not real pretty, but they play it like it's the NFL. They're just tough on defense, and they try and run it down your throat, and they don't care if they win by two or they win by 22 or they win by 42. They just want to get a win. So if anybody has an outside chance of maybe beating Georgia, I would think, that it would be Michigan. There are some whispers and there are some rumors tying two of the four coaches in the playoff to the NFL. We hear the Harbaugh whispers all the time. And then we're also hearing some whispers about Lincoln Riley. Now, I have a hard time thinking that Lincoln Riley would leave after just one year at USC or that he would even leave another year of Caleb Williams' eligibility. What am I saying, Lincoln Riley? No, my bad. Lincoln Riley's not in the playoff. But there are whispers that he and Harbaugh are both tied to the NFL uh, do you think either of those guys make that jump? Do you think that either of those guys make that big splash back to the NFL? I, I don't think so. I don't think Lincoln Raleigh at all. I think he's where he wants to be, and he's going to try and turn USC into a, a, a champion before I think he would make that move. Oh, man, Harbaugh is hard to figure out. If anybody's got that guy figured out, I don't <laughs> think his wife's even got him figured out. So I don't know for sure. I do know that they, you know, they they've sort of had a love hate affair with him up there in Michigan, and I understand it's kind of love again. Uh, I had the opportunity to correspond with our friend Gary Hill this week during Christmas, and he said every, you know, they're super, you know, energized up there about Michigan. Not him necessarily, although he's caught, he's kind of jumped on the bandwagon up there a little bit too. But uh, so, uh, you know. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe maybe Harbaugh is the kind of guy that if he does, and like I said, I don't think it odds are that he will, but if he does win it this year, maybe he is the kind of guy that says, okay, did that, been there, and then does go back to the NFL. It's crazy, man. Like Harbaugh is the only guy in the history of the sport that I could think of that's had to deal with this. About three years ago, he was told by his athletic director, hey, you got two options. You're either fired or you're taking a pay cut. And he said, all right, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to take a pay cut. Let's turn some of this salary into bonuses. 
And since that time, they've beaten Ohio State twice in a row at two great years. Like, it's crazy. Like, usually when the coach almost gets fired, it ends up turning into a less mile situation where they just end up getting fired early in the next season. Harbaugh has been the rare exception to that. He almost got let go and has been fantastic since then. It's crazy to see a guy bet on himself and then end up getting a royal flush out of it. Can you imagine that this guy, you know, gets that kind of where where Michigan is saying maybe we're going to show you the door, but everything he's touched coaching-wise has turned to gold. San Diego University, not San Diego State, but San Diego University just went from nothing to everything with him. He goes to the 49ers, he leads them to a Super Bowl. That's pretty amazing in itself. I realize there's been controversy everywhere and there's been something everywhere and he's a little eccentric the way he does some things but even at Michigan you know he had a little success early on it kind of waned you are playing in the Big Ten so it's not easy but man he listen I if we have the opportunity to get him as a Saints coach I'm not so sure that I'm not on board with that and you know what's crazy and and there was also a stop at Stanford there that was highly successful too it's that you, you know he he does things so eclectically, like as you said early in the interview, like he's a weirdo, but but for whatever, like there's a method to the madness. The mad scientist got something figured out. He does, and I still think it goes back to that NFL sort of component where you play really tough defense. You know, the, the Baltimore Ravens, what his brother does with them, those teams that are not necessarily just your offensive, like showboat, sparkling kind of team, sort of like what Sean Payton had with the Saints and Unfortunately, maybe not just quite enough defense. He's always it's it's never going to be real real pretty, but it just wins. No doubt, partner. Look, we thank you so much for the time. Uh, we'll chat again soon. Uh, you, you should be good to go for Saturday. You feeling better? I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. I'll keep in touch with you guys with everything, and uh, certainly it gives me the opportunity to wish everybody. Be safe this week as we head into the new year and hope everybody has a wonderful new year. Absolutely, partner. Thanks so much, Stan. Thanks. Y'all take care. Yep, that is Stan Gravel doing an excellent job. Uh, he was a little under the weather on Saturday, didn't have him on. We're going to try to get him back on on Saturday, uh, preview these college football playoff matchups, preview the Citrus Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, all this NFL stuff. Boy, there's going to be a lot happening this coming weekend. Yeah, and what's Saturday? That's, uh, That's the playoffs. New Year's. Eve. New Year's Eve Correct. is the playoffs, and the day after New Year's is LSU and Tulane. And with, with time to playoffs, that's three thirty and, and probably, seven. Okay, yeah, it's not ridiculous like Sugar Bowl at eleven. Yeah, yeah. Th- well, Sugar Bowl is eleven, then three thirty, then seven. That's the lineup on New Year's that's, Eve. That's right. Yeah. So Alabama's the morning game. That'll be actually starting during the, the show, I guess. Um, so yeah, that that'll be the lineup on Saturday. Let's catch a break. When we get back, i got W's and L's, and i got betting picks for you all. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. It's the big finish sales event right now at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at BentsRV.com. It's Mike to tell you for Neil Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've got 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neil Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, LaRose, and Thibodeau. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. Tri-Parish Police Supplies is a top-of-the-line police, fire, and EMS supply store, as well as a great source for tactical and home defense needs. Tri-Parish Police Supplies is open to the public Monday through Friday, 9 till 5, and on Saturdays, 10 till 2. So stop in at Tri-Parish Police Supplies on Highway 311 today. For more info, call 985-873-9989. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. One segment to go on play-by-play, and we're going to merge two segments into one. We've got our W's and our L's, and we've also got our betting picks that we'll give to you all. We've actually did pretty well. Yesterday we were 4-2 and two over on the Patreons, um, and we got a couple of more that we'll give you today that I think are going to do okay. So uh, anyway, I'm over here studying picks. It's not time for that. Let's get to our W's and our L's. Our first W goes to the New Orleans Saints, no matter how you slice it. When you're down 10 nothing and you're playing in the middle of an igloo to rally back and get a win, that's impressive. We could talk noise about Dennis Allen. We could say that he's not fit to lead the team going forward. All of that conversation, all those talks may be true. But he's got the ear of his guys. 
And in the NFL, that matters. Look at what happened in Denver on Christmas Day where the guys quit on their head coach. That didn't happen. It's not happening in New Orleans. So Dennis Allen, if for nothing else, has the effort of his guys at his disposal. The Saints are playing hard. Don't know that they have enough talent to finish this deal. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. But to go on the road, get a win in an ice bowl, get their first win outside of a dome all year long, and take on a Cleveland team that had been playing pretty well coming in, that showed some character, and that that was a pretty good result from New Orleans. That was pretty impressive. That was, to me at least, their most impressive win of the season. I think that was the most impressive win of the year. Yeah, the, the way they did it, you, you come out uh, your last possession of the second quarter, you go down, get the field goal, you get the ball, start the second half, and you come down and score a touchdown. And uh, you go up and, uh, yeah, I think so. Just a, a couple of things. They had a couple of drops. But, uh, yeah, the way they did it in, in those conditions was, uh, was impressive for the Saints. And L goes to the Detroit Lions. Wonk, wonk. I'm over here talking them up. Oh, second best team in the NFC. If they get in, look out, blah, blah, blah. They get hammered by Carolina on Sunday, 37-23. to 23. Detroit just didn't compete up front at the line of scrimmage. They allow 570 yards to Carolina. Carolina doesn't have a good offense. They allow 570 yards to Carolina. 320 rushing yards allowed. 7.4 yards per carry. Carolina had 74 yards of penalties. If not for that, they would have maybe gotten 600 yards of offense. Foreman, the running back for Carolina, rushed for a buck 65. Um, Carolina has played better coming home. They've played better since they fired Matt Rule. More important than the Matt Rule thing, they have played better since Sam Darnold has been in the lineup. He is unquestionably their best quarterback. Darnold threw for 250. They got two 100-yard rushers, and they beat the snot out of Detroit. I didn't see this one coming in a million years. If you'd have told me Carolina would have won 17-13, hey, okay, it happens. It's a road game. But score 37, gets 570 yards of offense, I would have not seen that coming in a million and fifty years, and especially what the Lions had going for them, right? The way they were playing, they were playing some good football, and they come just lay an egg when you start talking Detroit Lions playoffs, and and you give that performance. <laughs> Rough. W goes to Tom Brady. Tom Brady uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a win against Arizona, nineteen to sixteen. Let's discuss this. What the hell's going on in Tampa Bay? Look, they. This is why, and look, the Cowboys are in a situation where they're 99% likely to play Tampa in the first round of the playoffs, right? And I'm scared to death because we see Tampa Bay play terrible for the first 55 minutes of every game. But if it's close in the last five minutes, something happens, and Brady just decides, okay, I'm going to not be 45 anymore, y'all. I'm going to just go back to being 30. We're going to score every time we get the ball the rest of the game. He did it to the Rams. He did it to the Saints. He did it to the Cardinals. What's different? Is it just they're good in the two-minute offense? Is it just Brady's not protecting his body as much? He's willing to stand in the pocket a little longer? Is it that when pass rushes get tired, he's able to – I don't know, but something's going on that this happens consistently where Tampa – finishes the game way stronger than they start the game. Something's happening there. And, and as a Saints fan, that's frustrating to watch because you watch them for three and a half quarters. You got Leonard Fournette on the bench complaining. Uh, Mike Evans, you know, he's complaining. 
Tom Brady's breaking iPads. He's uh, cursing up a storm on the sidelines, yelling at his defense. Throwing interceptions like crazy. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it, something changes like you mentioned. I, I don't know. Is he calling the plays in that, in that fourth quarter? It's uh, Because he argues with his offensive coordinator the entire game. Then after the game, they go and hug, and they hug each other like they're best buddies. I, it, something's something's up there. And, and look, and maybe it's just as easy as, you know, hey, they're just good in the two-minute offense, to which I would say, why the hell you don't run the two-minute offense all game? I mean, it's night and day different. Tampa gets the win. They survive, and uh, they, they get past Arizona. On the flip side to that, and L goes to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the worst highly paid quarterback in the NFL. The only reason why I say he's not the worst quarterback in the NFL is because Nick Foles played last night and was worse than Russell Wilson was. On Christmas Day, Russell Wilson was 15 of 27 with three interceptions. The timing of the interceptions and the way that he threw those interceptions just led his defense to saying in the middle of the game, screw this, like we're not, we're not playing anymore which led the Rams to score 51 points with Baker Mayfield under center. The Rams ran it. The Rams threw it. The Rams did whatever they wanted to do, and it got the coach fired. And I think the coach probably deserved it because I didn't think he was any good. But Russell Wilson got sacked six times through three interceptions for the season. He's got 12 touchdowns, nine interceptions. It's year one of a seven-year 200 plus million dollar deal that you gave a bunch of draft picks to acquire Denver is the worst situation in the NFL right now bar none you don't have space you don't have picks and you got this lemon playing quarterback what a mess and you're going to continue having him because he ain't going anywhere nope that's way too much money he's stuck so he better fix himself or a new coach better come in and, and fix this situation because uh it's pretty much rock bottom over there in Denver. Weekend W. How about them Cowboys? The Cowboys beat the Eagles 40-34. to It wasn't pretty early. The Cowboys were turning it over. Dak Prescott threw a pick six. They're down 10 nothing. They battle back. <clears throat> a couple of things. A, the Eagles have weapons galore, man. Devontae Smith was ridiculous on Sunday. Eight catches, 113 yards. Two touchdowns. He's robbing the, the Salvation Army kettle after he's scoring. A.J. Brown, 100 yards. Um, but the Eagles second, the Eagles have a great pass rush, but if you do protect your quarterback, their secondary behind that pass rush is not great, especially with CJ Gardner Johnson out of the lineup. Prescott against zone defense on Saturday was 21 of 21. Um, that's not very good. CD lamb, 120 yards, two touchdowns. The Cowboys offense did what they needed to do. Grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter either way. The Eagles are going to still be the one seed. The Cowboys are still going to be the five seed. But we talked last week, Dallas had to have it mentally, and they got it. They took care of business. Well, the Saints beat the Eagles Sunday. Yeah, there's still hope. Dang. <laughs> I don't want to have to be relying yeah. <laughs> on New Orleans. And L goes to the Patriots for the second straight week. The Patriots said, all right, here's a win, and they just flushed it straight down the toilet. They were down 22-18 to against the Bengals and were driving late at the five-yard line with an opportunity to finish out an extraordinary comeback because the Bengals were leading 22 to nothing at one point. They hand the ball to their prized running back, Stevenson. He fumbles, puts it on the turf. The Bengals finish the deal. Second straight game, Belichick and his team have an opportunity to get a win and just completely gag it away. They're 7-8. and eight. They're probably not going to the playoffs. It's weird to see New England make these types of mistakes. 
Yeah, and just you look at, at, at Belichick on the sideline after he he just looked lost. Not happy. He's not happy. Maybe. W goes to the 49ers. The 49ers looked human for about a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half on Saturday. They were struggling. The commanders were fighting them pretty tough. It was seven to seven at halftime. In the second half, Brock Purdy and that offense said, you know what? This game ain't going to be close anymore. The 49ers scored 30 points in the second half, get a 37-20 win. I think they're the best team in the NFC, bar none. I think they are got a conversation or, or an argument to be maybe the best team in the NFL. You were worried about Garoppolo, and I still don't know that a rookie is going to be able to win the Super Bowl. But, boy, Brock Purdy so far so good. The 49ers are 11-4, and and they're playing great right now. Yeah, and I'm still saying Saints are getting one of those quarterbacks on that roster. A weekend L goes to the Houston Texans. They won. I don't know why they're trying to win. That's why they get an L. They are 2-12-1 now. They beat the Titans. They still do have the number one pick if the season ended today, but they got rid of all their wiggle room. Now, if they find a way to win one of these last two games coming home, you're not going to get the number one pick anymore. Something tells me, and now they're playing Jacksonville and the Colts, something tells me they'll be a little bit less apt to hustle a little bit less inclined to hustle maybe a little bit less inclined to play their starters these last two games but but what what are you doing why what what are you doing but you ever heard just the playing to win the game playing to screw up your draft (laughs) is the only thing i see on the on the field now i get it as a player you know you're you don't want to lose as the guy that your draft's going to replace you and then you I, i understand that i just think as a coaching staff like Take it out of those guys' hands. Play the backups. Do what you got to do to find a way to lose that one. (laughs) The Pelicans earn a weekend W. They got a win yesterday. This is not technically over the weekend, but they didn't have very many of their players available, uh, but played great and got a win over Indiana last night, uh, 113-93. No drama, but the Pelicans got to figure out a way to get their guys on the floor. Um, Too many guys are continually out, but they're fighting through it right now. And L goes to Tua Tagovailoa. Tua, what are you doing? Tua was awful. Now, I don't know if this is an excuse. I don't know if this is legit. He was awful on Christmas in a loss against Green Bay. Now they're saying, oh, he had a concussion. Well, why the hell was he playing with a concussion? That's, that's the same thing that we had happen with him earlier in the season. He threw three picks over the weekend. He's in concussion protocols. The Dolphins looked like they had a playoff spot cinched up. At one time, they were in contention to be the number one seed. Now they're 8-7. and seven. Now they're fighting for their life to get in. They've lost four games in a row. They're at New England on Sunday. That's a game they have to have. That's a game New England has to have. They're playing the Jets the Sunday after that with um, Zach Wilson no longer in the lineup. So the Jets will actually be good. Um it's going to be tough for Miami to get in, especially if two is not in the lineup. What is going on in Miami? Oh, I mean, they're trying to kill that young man, or what? What? And how could you? I mean, the hit, or he, when he fell, hit his head on the turf. That happened earlier in the game. And how can he not be diagnosed with that concussion? Second time this year, they let him play with a concussion. And, I mean, I. It's, that goes beyond football right there. That That's uh, a young man's future. And uh, I understand he wants to play. But you got medical personnel on that sideline there for a reason. And, and, and someone's dropping the ball big time in Miami. I, I agree. W goes to the 76ers. They've won eight games in a row since James Harden came back from injury. They have been flawless, including Christmas Day. They got a 119-112 to win over the Knicks. 
How about this, man? Everybody, oh, James Harden, oh, there's only one ball. Oh, it's not going to work. In the last two games, James Harden has uh, two games now, 34 assists in the last two games. That's that's not bad. Uh, So he's distributing the ball, getting it out to Joel Embiid, who's leading the league in scoring currently. And L goes to Nick Foles. I don't know how you replace Matt Ryan at quarterback with someone who's much worse than Matt Ryan at quarterback. Like That feels like that would be impossible. Watching Monday Night Football last night, Foles was 17 of 29, three interceptions, was absolutely terrible. The guy once won a Super Bowl, he ain't winning no Super Bowl anymore. That was miserable watching that. The Chargers cleaned out the Colts' clock, 20-3 to win. Yeah, and he throws a pass. I mean, he missed his receiver just big time, Then he's going to hit his chest like, my bad. Yeah, we know. (laughs) No kidding. We know. Uh, Betting picks, and then we'll get out of here. The first one that I like tonight is over 225 for the 76ers and the Wizards. The 76ers are playing great offense right now. They don't very much guard a whole lot. I think the Wizards will be able to get out on them. I think that both teams are going to score in that matchup. I like tonight the Lakers plus four over the Orlando Magic. The Lakers are without Anthony Davis, but the Magic are just not very good. I think LeBron and the crew will be able to get one there. In the NBA tonight, I also like, let's see what we have on the list here. I also like uh, the Warriors minus four over the Hornets. I think that that one will be one that Golden State will be able to win. Then I'll try to give you a college basketball game or two, and then we'll get out of here because we're up against the clock. Tonight, you got uh, Notre Dame minus seven over Jacksonville. I like the Fighting Irish in that one. And then I like under 142 for Marquette and Seton Hall. So that'll put a pin in today's show. Let's thank our fine, fine sponsors for allowing us to be here. The Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV, located on Highway 90 in Booty, Southland Dodge in Homa, <clears throat> Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name, Neil Small Engine, Dufresne Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs, Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results, Rouse's Markets feels like home, and Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. That's all for me. Thanks to Coach for his time. Thanks to Stan and Kathy Luke for their time. Um, Have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll be back tomorrow. It's a Wednesday show, so we'll try to have Brody on. We'll try to have Taylor Griffin on, and we've also got our mailbag. You've been listening to Play by Play. Adios, amigos. Have a wonderful rest of the day. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.